Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It's Denise Salcedo, and it is Saturday, November 11th, and I'm here to discuss AEW Collision. Now, I was kind of watching this show, and based on what had been announced, I was thinking, okay, the biggest thing on the show is going to be Adam Copeland, Darby Allen, and Sting all teaming up together. I thought that was going to kind of be like the biggest thing to talk about on the show, but we actually ended up getting two big pretty newsy announcements that we're going to talk about here today. I actually can't wait to get into those. And then on top of that, we got an additional match added to the AEW Full Gear card. So we surprisingly have a lot to get into for this episode of AEW Collision. Before I get started, though, just a friendly reminder to everybody here. If you haven't already, if you're enjoying these videos, make sure to subscribe here to the YouTube channel. I have officially surpassed a 128,000 subscribers. I'm only 2,000 subscribers away from 130,000. So that is kind of my goal for the end of the year. So I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to hit 130K by the end of this year. I have no idea how I'm going to do that. I sound way too confident than I actually am. <laughs> but on top of that, also for those of you guys who listen to the podcast or watch the podcast, if you guys have been enjoying what I've been doing just the last couple of you know, months here on the channel, ever since I moved my podcast over from F4W to my actual channel. If you guys have been liking all of that, please head on over to Apple Podcast and leave a review. I'm sitting at 85 reviews and I'm trying to get to 100 by the end of the year. So got a lot of goals for the end of the year. But Let's get to it. Let's talk about AEW Collision. I'm going to go ahead and kick things off with the Super Chats that we're getting in here today. Thank you to everybody who's sending one in. We got our first one here from, um, actually, this wasn't the first one. Let me start from the very first one. This um, was from Nick Corvello. Nick Corvello, thank you so much for this very generous Super Chat. Nick says, hey, Denise, glad to catch your Collision stream. Forgot to Super Chat my thoughts on who the devil could be from Dynamite stream but i agree with the brit baker theory for one reason regardless whether it's her or cole they're having each other and the devil reveal will reveal them dominating as a power couple for both divisions and because of the tease sheeta baker feud before baker left i feel baker will resume that part hey dude first of all thank you so much for these two very generous super chats and it's interesting because i think when a lot of people were bringing up who the possibilities of the devil can be. I will be honest with you. Like I really wasn't thinking of Brett Baker when it came to just who it might be. Right. And the second that Reg had mentioned on Wednesday, the possibility of it being Adam Cole, that is when I kind of became obsessed with the idea because part of me, I don't know why, but I have this fear of being let down. I don't want to be let down by the reveal of the devil. And I really hope it's not a letdown. I, I'm hoping that it is somebody like an Adam Cole. Because when Reg had mentioned it on Wednesday, I was kind of left speechless. I was thinking, damn, if it really is Adam Cole, that would be so sick. Why? Because he has been such a, you know, quote unquote, good friend to MJF to see him basically turn on him that way would be freaking phenomenal because we talk about MJF being like the ultimate heel. Right now, he's our scumbag. We get it. We're getting the babyface MJF, right? 
but there is always a little part of us that still remembers what a heel MJF was and can be. And so for that reason, if you were to have Adam Cole do that to MJF, it would really be like, dang, dude, like you got the biggest heel. You made him warm up to you. You befriended the guy. You guys had a friendship and then you turned your back on him. And it's kind of haunting MJF for all of his past and all of the things that he has done as the heel. So for that reason, I love the idea of it being Adam Cole and him having Britt Baker alongside to sort of help him. I do like that too. I mentioned on the Wednesday post show as well that let's not forget some of the interactions that we've had between MJF and Britt Baker where he has said some stuff about Britt Baker and story, obviously on storyline, I'm, I'm talking about in case you don't remember, but Britt Baker never actually really said anything. So it would be something of a throwback to kind of go there. And I would like to see this like evil power couple between Adam Cole and Britt Baker. So I can definitely see where you're going with that on that end of things. Thank you so much for the super chat. Seriously appreciate that. Sheldon Jackson continues his streak here by sending in 10 DWO memberships. Sheldon, you can end the streak whenever you want. I'm not forcing you to continue the streak, but thank you very much for sending that in. Thank you very much. We got Derek Widdock here who sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Derek who says, who the heck is going to win the tag team title match? So we got a brand new match added to AEW Full Gear. And that is going to be a four-way tag team match. Ricky Starks and Big Bill will be defending the AEW World Tag Team Championship against the House of Black, FTR, and LFI. Now, I'm looking at this and I'm going, all right, I'm looking at these four teams and I don't think it's going to be FTR because FTR, they've, they've been champions for a good amount of time. They've held the belts numerous times. I don't really feel like we have to go back to FTR. And so for that reason, I'm kind of counting out FTR here with La Facción. I really freaking love the intensity that Roosh has been bringing to the ring. We've been seeing it. We saw it last week. We saw it again this week. And I'm not saying he was never intense before, but I feel like given that we hadn't seen him wrestle that often in AEW, it's been a reminder of how intense he actually is. And I said it last week. I'll say it again. This guy has his batteries on and he's looking to impress an AEW and you can tell simply by the way that he goes in and wrestles in the match that we saw today dude went in there and hit a drop kick like I don't know how to explain it just had so much freaking energy behind it and he's just moving around and looking very very lively in the ring anyways so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking it would be cool to see La Facción win but I still think it's a little bit too soon for them now to me, the real two top priorities or the two top teams that I think are going to win, one is House of Black because House of Black has been presented on AEW Collision a lot more stronger than they have in the past. And I feel like House of Black 
they have these these waves, right? Like things go up and down for them. Like one moment they're hot shit, the next moment they're kind of forgotten about. And we keep seeing that go up and down for the House of Black. So for that reason, I think it would be cool to see them become champs. But, and I think that they're probably are going to win at full gear. I, I'm sensing a win for the House of Black. But I'm actually still rooting for Ricky Starks and Big Bill. And the reason I say that is because I still feel like they could have done a lot more there with Ricky Starks and Big Bill. And personally, I just, man, I think that they've kind of downplayed Ricky Starks recently. And he went from literally being in a storyline with one of the hottest acts in AEW, and that was CM Punk. And things happen. CM Punk is out. Great. We then went into Brian Danielson. Great. That was awesome. Good stuff there with Brian Danielson. That match, those two matches that they had at the pay-per-view and also on Collision, some of the best stuff that I've seen all year on AEW. But now he's been in this team with Big Bill and there really hasn't been much to grab a hold of there. And so I don't want that to kind of just evaporate and go to waste and not get anything else from Ricky Starks and Big Bill. So for that reason, I'm kind of rooting for them to win this match. But I really do think that it's going to go over to the House of Black. Just again, based on what they've been doing with them the last couple of weeks on Collision, they've really been making them look like a force to be reckoned with on Collision. So I'm, I'm guessing it's probably going to be the House of Black there. But Derek, thank you so much for the super chat. We got another one here from Warhammer who says, I'm just here to say hi. <laughs> Warhammer, I appreciate you sending in a super chat to say hello. Thank you very much for that. And I will just say hello back. We have a super chat here from Nick Corvello who says, um, for the feud, add to that Baker and Adam Cole referencing MJF's past toxic relationships. They offer a mixed tag team match, but MJF wouldn't be able to find a woman to team up with him. Kyushida, who aligns with, who aligns with MJF for the mixed tag team feud. That would be different. That would be different. It would be fun. I would not be opposed to that whatsoever. Nick, I love the way that you've kind of thought this through with Adam Cole and MJF and even including Sheeta in all of this. I do like the way that you're thinking with this. I like all of the people that it involves. And primarily, I'm more so just curious to see where Adam Cole is going to fall in all of this and whether or not he really is the one behind the devil mask. Because if it's not Adam Cole, there's only... I don't even know if there's anybody else that I would be truly excited to see underneath that devil mask. Like I said, I have this fear of being disappointed and I do not want to be disappointed. Nick, thank you so much for the super chat. He sends another one saying, my last one was supposed to be a part three. My apologies, read the first two and then didn't read the part three, but thank you so much for sending that in. Seriously, you have no idea how much that helps me out. MVF, most valuable fighter is back. Dude, MVF, I haven't seen you on here in a hot minute. So thank you so much for coming back. MVF says, Denise, love that we got Garcia, Marna, Nick Wayne, Hobbs, the workhorsemen, Julia, and Willow tonight. Yay for young talent. Thoughts on the TBS title storyline. So for me, so let's talk a little bit about what's going down here 
with the women. So we had, by the way, Willow versus Julia Hart. I was very surprised here that, I mean, you know what? Maybe saying very surprised was an exaggeration. I had a mild surprisement. <laughs> I don't know what's a mid reaction. I don't know. I was surprised, maybe not extremely surprised, but still a little surprised that Julia Hart ended up defeating Willow. Now, Julia Hart has got some really nice buzz to her name right now. People are interested. People are interested in this dark, this girl who literally went from being a cheerleader on the show, this sweet little sweetheart kind of a gal, to all of a sudden, she's out there being this gothic mistress. I don't know what the hell she is, but she's dark, she's moody, and we love it, right? And she goes in there, she has this match with Willow, who's literally had the best year of her career this year. Let's not forget that she defeated Mercedes Monet at New Japan Resurgence. And she goes out there, she has this match, and she gets the win over Willow. Like, that within itself was kind of a little bit of a huge, uh, huge thing there. So she's going to be added to this match at AEW Full Gear. And... Let me just pull up the card really quickly so I won't forget what we have going on here. So for the TBS championship, it's going to be a triple threat. And right now we have Chris Dallander, who's clearly our champion. Julia Hart has been added to that match. And the third person is either going to be Red Velvet or Sky Blue. Huge chances are it's going to be Sky Blue. That's the story that they've been telling with. So it's going to be Chris, Julia, and Sky. The interesting thing about this is that both Julia and Sky are also both very over. I don't know which one a little bit more than the other. Maybe perhaps Julia over Sky right now, but I feel like that could easily change. I don't know what they're going to do here, but I smell a championship change coming at full gear. And it's crazy because, again, the people love Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander is a phenomenal wrestler. She's been through so much. But uh, I think right now we're kind of sensing that it might be time to go a different direction. So we'll see. I don't know. BJF says, highlight, you look like a hot dog at Don Callis. Uh, a fan said that Don Callis looked like a hot dog. And, well... I've never eaten a hot dog like Don Callis. Let me tell you that much, man. When I go to Dodger Stadium and I sit in the all-you-can-eat section, by the way, if you've ever sat in the all-you-can-eat section, it is literally the best, man. And not once have I eaten a hot dog that looks like Don Callis. But either way, that was really freaking hilarious. If your hot dog looks like Don Callis, you should definitely cook it a little bit longer, okay? Cook it a little bit longer. Derek Wittick sends in a super chat saying, who are you putting in the Continental Classic? All right, so let's get to it, guys. That's part of the big news that we're seeing coming off of AEW Collision. So there was two big news pieces from this. We had Brian Danielson news, and we also had the Continental Classic announcement. So here is what was said. Here is what went down. Tony Khan and Brian Danielson pop up on the screen. And I was, I was not expecting this. How many times, how many times haven't we heard Tony Khan's got a major announcement, major announcement from Tony Khan coming. Tony Khan has an announcement. And the internet, we love to make fun of it. People, Some people go as far as to shit on it. 
it's a whole thing now at this point. Tony Khan's got an announcement and people make fun of it because there has been so many freaking announcements. Well, this time we did not get an announcement that there's going to be an announcement. And I don't know if people prefer it that way. I, I was literally watching Collision. I'm watching. I turn. I look at my Twitter feed. And then all of a sudden, I hear Tony Khan. They announced Tony Khan. And I'm thinking, what? Oh, this was unexpected. So he pops up with Brian Danielson. And I'm going, oh, no. Where are we going with this? What's happening right now? And we find out that this coming year will be the final year that Brian Danielson is a full-time active in-ring performer, meaning that if he wrestles, it's going to be after this year, it's going to be a lot more sporadically. He's not retiring by any means because they didn't say the word retire. They didn't say the art word. They didn't say retired, but he's not going to be wrestling full-time anymore. And if you've been paying attention to media scrums, I've said this on my podcast. I've talked about the interviews that Brian Danielson has done. We saw this coming. Everybody who's been paying close enough attention saw this coming. Brian Danielson is a hell of a freaking performer, guys. And this one bums me out, of course, because Brian is just so freaking great. And you selfishly want to see him wrestle literally every single wrestler that there is out there. I mean, I've been watching Brian Danielson wrestle since he was in his PWG days. I saw him wrestle in PWG. Like this goes way back. And so coming to this point where Unfortunately, he said it himself, but now after every big match, he finds himself getting injured. He was injured coming off of that Okada match. He was injured off of the Andrade match that he had a collision. He is just getting injured now a lot more. And Brian said, you know, I can't ignore that. This is his body telling him, you know, maybe there's got to be a change being made. In one of the scrums that he did, I, I forget for which show it was, but he said that his daughter, who I think is turning seven years old, is constantly asking him when he's going to start being home a little bit more often. And he was talking about, you know, being a father and wanting to be there more for his kids. And this is something that Clearly, he's going to consider. And so not only does he have the fact that he's kind of getting injured a lot more and he doesn't you don't want to you don't want to see Brian Danielson broken down and beaten up. You don't want to see that. You want to see him enjoy the rest of his life being healthy with his family. And that's what you want. So I think right now it seems like things are falling into place where maybe the universe is telling him, hey, man, maybe that's it. You can't do this full time anymore. And Obviously, Brian spoke about it a lot more eloquently when he spoke about it in the press conference, as well as some interviews that he's done. But for the most part, we saw this coming. Of course, it sucks to hear. He is going to be at AEW All In. So that's something to look forward to. But before we finished off this announcement, the other thing that was announced was the Continental Classic. So this is going to be a round robin tournament. 12 wrestlers will be in it. They will be competing weekly and it's going to start week one is going to start in Chicago on November 
22nd. So I believe that is in two weeks from now, somewhere around there. And week six, the finals are going to end in Orlando on December 27th. And then at their final pay-per-view of the year at World's End on December 30th, they will be crowning the inaugural winner of the Continental Classic. And Brian Danielson is officially the first participant that is going to be part of this Continental Classic. So this is how it's looking right now for Brian, based on what we know. He's going to be cleared for the Continental Classic, as they said today. He's going to do those six matches, right? Then he's going to, they already announced the Wrestle Kingdom match with him and Okada. And then from there, we don't really know what he's doing next after that. And then he has all in. And then after that, it looks like that's going to kind of be, you know, done with, right? So that's what we have lined up, at least that we know of so far for Brian Danielson. So speaking of this question that we got here from Derek asking me about the Continental Classic and who I would put in that, here's the thing that I want to say. So we're talking about Brian Danielson getting injured a lot more, right? And I know for a fact that I want to see that match with him and Okada again taking place at Wrestle Kingdom. So I hope that it, it's going to be interesting to see who they put in this tournament you don't want to waste Brian Danielson against some random guy that you're like, I don't even care about this guy. He's in the tournament and Brian Danielson's going out there and risking himself just to go up against some rando. That's definitely not what you want to see. So I really hope that they do put quality people in this tournament, especially since this is going to be like their version of the G1. Now, I don't have my full 12 yet, but some of the people that I definitely want to see, I made a list of some of the people that I definitely want to see in there. And the first one that I thought of was Jay White. The other one is Kanoshke Takeshita. He's had a great year, has had great moments with Kenny Omega. So I feel like he definitely needs to be in there. I want to see Kenny Omega in it too. I'm tired of seeing the elite guys kind of left out. I feel like if this is AEW all elite wrestling, I want to see Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks a lot more on AEW programming. So definitely Kenny Omega. I, I know he's champion right now, but I still want to see Orange Cassidy. I think that the work that Orange Cassidy has done and the way that he can go with just about any wrestler, he has to be in this, right? Powerhouse Hobbs is another one. Ricky Starks is another one that I think definitely needs to be in this. Swerve Strickland, Wardlow, John Moxley, and I kind of lost count there, but those are a couple of the guys that I think should definitely be part of the Continental Classic. If there are any other guys that I missed or forgot about, please send in their names. But regardless, I'm looking forward to this, guys. This is going to be very, very fun to see who they put in there. Again, I hope they only put quality quality names because if they put quality names it's going to feel a lot more special because I'm looking at this and I'm already predicting that Brian Danielson's going to win even though he's the only participant we know of but this feels like Brian Danielson should win but I want to go into it not expecting Brian Danielson to win right I want them to put some other guys in there that make me think, oh, you know what? Maybe there's a good chance this person's going to win or that person's going to win. I don't want to just go in there thinking, well, it all doesn't matter because I already know who's going to win. I don't want to go into that thinking. So I really hope that they put in some quality names on there. So that's where we're at with that. Uh, Rafael Garcia sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Rafael who says, who would have thought that in the year of our Lord 2023 that there was a hopefully non-existent possibility that we get Ric Flair versus 
versus Jake the Snake. Oh man, I definitely don't want to be seeing Ric Flair right now wrestle at all. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, it's just no. Like I, I no. I hope not. Not that would be too crazy for me at this point. But who knows, man? Crazy things be happening. MBF says, crazy theory. What if the devil is MJF? Remember the greatest trick the devil ever pulled? Also, why does Cole want, want Mox to partner with Joe so badly? So that's something to think about, right? I think it was more so uh, the way we were supposed to see it was that Adam Cole just wanted MJF to have somebody because he couldn't be there. Even if it was Samoa Joe, he just wanted his friend to have somebody or at least that was the way that we innocently thought of things, but who knows? It could have been a setup. And it would be too complicated, I think, to say that MJF would be the devil unless they do a whole storyline where all of a sudden we see a split personality MJF. But I don't think I really want to see that. I, I would want to see another physical body in the devil mask than MJF himself. But thank you so much to MBF for that. Stephen Martrulli says, love Brian, but promo with TK was too kiss-ass for me. <laughs> Look, dude, Brian, from, from what I've seen, looks very, very happy in AEW, okay? He's had a hell of a run in AEW. He's had amazing freaking matches, okay? And yes, he was super hyped and he was pumping up the tournament, but that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Come on, like the guy is getting closer to not being able to wrestle full time anymore. So if all of a sudden I'm somebody who loves pro wrestling and I'm a pro wrestler and then all of a sudden that is going to be taken away from me full time, I'm going to be hella excited about whatever it is that I've got left that I'm going to be able to do. So I think Brian Danielson hyping up the tournament, hyping up AEW, hyping up everything he said, all of the nice words that he said, Dude, dude is in his feels, man. He's excited. He's about to close out a full-time active in-ring career. So I get it. I know he came across as too, like, you know, I guess maybe cheerleader, but I was okay with that. That's what you should be. He's part of AEW. He should be promoting the company the way that he is. Um, I was totally cool with this. And again, dude is in his feels. It's coming close to an end. So you know what, let, 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 let the guy get excited. Let him get excited about what he's going to do. Uh, Steven Marchuli, thank you so much for that super chat. We got another very generous one here from Sheldon Jackson who says, I was hoping Willow was going to beat Julia tonight, but I know better. TK never capitalized on Willow's momentum after beating Mercedes at Resurgence this year. The streak will end on my birthday, November 14th. Well, first of all, happy early birthday, Sheldon. Uh, I know you're just counting down the days till November 14th. I hope you have some big birthday plans. And yeah, you know, you're right, though, on the Willow thing. Willow, I, I said it earlier, she literally had the best year of her career. She beat Mercedes Monet, and that didn't look like that was supposed to happen because, as we all know, Mercedes Monet got injured. And so they clearly had to call an audible for, for that match. So, dude, you take that and you run with it. You freaking run with it. I know she won the, the, the Owen for the women. That was great. But I do think that there could have been probably just a little bit more there. But again, Julia, you can't disregard Julia only because she is getting hot. People love Julia. So you also got to run with that too as well. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon for sending in that super chat. 
Doppelganger399 says, do we see the devil revealed next Saturday? I don't think so. Uh, I think we're going to get it. Huh. It's got to be either at full gear or world's end. I feel like world's end is too long from now. So yeah, you're right. Next Saturday. Shit. I don't know why I was thinking that full gear was still two weeks away, but it's literally next week. Um, It has to be at full gear, right? World's end is just too long from now. I, I, I need a reveal faster than that. I think if anything, we've been talking about this devil mask since what, September? It's already November. And we still don't have the reveal. And this was first introduced back in September. I think we could definitely find that at full gear. So let's hope for it. Doppelganger399, thank you so much for this generous super chat. I appreciate you, man. Grapple Geekery sends one in saying that opening match was my favorite and every match tonight was good to great. I hope Julia didn't break her tailbone and I can't wait for the classic. I'm looking forward to that a whole lot. And you're right, by the way, we did have a very fun... Um, opening match which was Andrade versus Daniel Garcia and this was one that I felt because we know obviously we know that both of these guys are good wrestlers in their own right and kind of seeing them mix it in together I thought what came across very nicely like it was a solid match people were chanting this is awesome and we have CJ Perry out there managing Andrade the only thing that I kind of hope we see a little bit more of is that right now the whole thing with CJ Perry and Miro feels very muted. Like everything is being done, but it's being done at a level two instead of a level 10. So I kind of hope they hit this a lot harder because I've seen what CJ Perry can do. She's got a lot of personality. I don't feel like we're seeing that just yet on AEW. So I hope they amplify this a lot more because... Right now, it too, it feels very subtle. Everything that they're doing with CJ Perry and Miro feels very subtle. So I kind of hope that they, I don't know, just make it feel like must-see TV. It doesn't feel like must-see TV right now between Miro and CJ Perry. But, and then also, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that, really. All right, let's get into Delayed Gratz, Super Chat, who says, I think putting so many shows in California cannibalizes your paying audience, so each show will have lower attendance, but I get it. AEW saves a ton of money by staying in state until full gear. So, look, California, I'm from California, by the way, uh, <laughs> we, things are very far from each other, okay? So, for example, hold on, let me pull up the, uh, the events page just so I don't mess up the dates and where they're going to be at. I don't want to mess things up. Let's see. Let's see. All right. So, all right, here we go. November 15th. So this Wednesday, they're going to be in Ontario. Ontario is probably maybe 60 miles away from where I'm at, or maybe 30, 60 miles. I don't know, somewhere around there. It's definitely over an hour and a half to get there from my place. There ain't no way in hell that I'm going to drive on a Wednesday in rush hour to Ontario. So I feel like obviously there's going to be people that do that, but because of the traffic and because it being just a little bit too far, it doesn't necessarily cater to specifically my specific region. I think this because it's a good enough distance to where you could go if you wanted to, but you don't necessarily have to, right? 
Then on the November 17th show, which is the Collision and Rampage show, that one is going to be at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles. That's literally 20 minutes away from my house. And then Full Gear is also going to be at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles. That's 20 minutes from my house. That's it, guys. Those are the only, um, those are the only shows there in, um, in California. And I know they did Ontario, but Ontario, I'm not Ontario, uh, Oakland. But Oakland is freaking up north, man. Like, that's super far. Like, I ain't going to go to freaking Oakland. Like, that's way up there. So I feel like it may seem like they're doing a lot of California dates, but it all kind of works itself out because of how far these places are from each other. And again, the only two shows you're getting in the same venue is the Kia Forum shows. I don't know how the Collision Rampage show is going to do realistically. I think Full Gear is going to do great. Uh, I don't know what the Rampage Collision one is going to look like because it's a Friday. It's Collision. It's Rampage. It's not necessarily screaming. You know, I think they got to announce some big stuff for sure. But Full gear, I think it's going to be pretty, pretty cool. But I don't know what to expect from Collision Rampage when I go uh, to the show. So we'll end up seeing. But even though, again, like it feels like it's a lot going on in California, it's pretty okay, I think. Uh, thank you so much to Delayed Grads for that super uh, chat. Jared Clark sends in a super chat saying 2024 is the year for the underutilized women of AEW. For championship gold, example, Time Mello for AEW or TBS Women's Champion, Anna J for AEW TBS Gold. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in 2024. It's so hard to say because you have girls that are getting over. We were just talking about Sky Blue and Julia, and I feel like I see those two girls have a better chance of getting some gold than, for example, Anna J. And then Timelo's pregnant, so she's kind of out of the picture right now. But it, I think, guys, it's pro wrestling. Like you gotta, you gotta stay hot. You gotta get, you gotta stay relevant. You gotta do everything that you possibly can to get noticed, to get people behind you, to get whatever sort of buzz that you can get. So when hopefully all of the stars align for you and the timing is right and there's a push for you, you're ready to freaking go. And I know it's so hard. It's like playing the lottery, but that's kind of all you can do. So I don't know what the women's picture is going to look like. Keep in mind, we just have the newest addition come into AEW, Mariah May. She's somebody that can come in, come up in here, sneak up, get a title, who knows? We still don't know if possibly 2024 is the year that we may see Mercedes Monet in AEW. That could be something there. So with pro wrestling, like things move fast, as we know. Like, I don't know if like you gotta like they gotta speed up. Whoever wants to eventually become champion, like you gotta go with it too. And so hopefully we do see some of that underutilized talent, like you're mentioning, though. I do hope we get to see at least a little bit more of those people on the show so that they can at least have some sort of shot in the dark of actually being able to, like I said, move along with the times, right? Because if you're never on TV and you're just in catering, then you really got no shot, right? You got to find some other way to get attention. And I don't know how to go about that. I don't know. The only thing I can think of is trying to get attention on social media so that you could be put on TV, right? So it depends on the situation. It depends on who. There's just a lot, right? Thank you so much for sending in the super chat. I appreciate it, though. Sheldon Jackson says, since Brian wasn't 
since Brian won't be able to do the number one tournament, uh, the one turn, excuse me, the one tournament he's always wanted to compete in in AEW made their own version of it. Exactly. So their Continental Classic is their version of the G1. Sheldon also says Continental Classic is AEW's version of New Japan's G1 Climax. Uh, it should be good. That is exactly what they're doing. And that is why I'm looking at this and going, this is totally Brian Danielson's to win. Like he's got this in the bag, right? Definitely. He has to be. So for that reason, I really hope to stack up this tournament with guys that I'm thinking could actually win and defeat Brian Danielson. I want them to make me doubt myself that Brian is actually going to win. I don't want to go into this just expecting Brian to win, right? Like, make me second guess it a little bit. MBF says, who's your top five AEW talent to watch for 2024? That's a really great question. That would probably require a little bit more on my part to like really think. But just looking at the roster right now, Top five, I would definitely say that right now things are going really well for Swerve Strickland. I think that given what they're doing right now with the Hangman Page feud, you know what? I might as well talk about that right now because that's something that I really wanted to get into for the show. And that is Hangman Page having a freaking phenomenal promo on, on the heels of full gear. So I'll, I'll finish answering your question in a second, but let's get to Hangman Page, Swerve Strickland because... Hangman Page goes out there and cuts this promo. And this is actually behind the scenes. So this is not out in the ring. He does this in a uh, backstage segment. But while he's doing this, we're getting these clips of the feud, clips of Swerve Strickland breaking into his house. So we know that things got really personal. I mean, look at what happened at Dynamite where he freaking put Swerve through those uh, two tables off the stage with the dead eye. Like that was freaking insane. Things have really leveled up here. And here's something that I want to say. Hangman Page and Swerve Strickland is one of my favorite stories right now in AEW. And the reason for that is we're not seeing this story go in circles. We're not seeing the same thing over and over. We're not seeing them trying to kill time. Everything that's been done in the story has had a purpose. So therefore, the story itself has progressed in a very, very nice fashion. We had the first match that they had together and Swerve Strickland got the, mat, the, the win at Wrestle Dream. Okay, it continues from there. We see Swerve Strickland break into the house of Hangman Page. We see Hangman Page cost Swerve Strickland an opportunity. I love this. I love that we're seeing this all connect. So when he broke into his house, immediately we were looking at this and going, man, that match that's been announced for full gear, there's got to be a stipulation added to it. And the stipulation ended up being added to it today. Hangman Adam Page has literally been 3-0 in Texas deathmatch matches. And he put it out there. They're going to have a Texas deathmatch at full gear. So he has defeated in, full, in Texas deathmatches, he has defeated Lance Archer. That was a freaking great one. Adam Cole and John Moxley. He's 3-0 on those. And now he's going to go up against Swerve Strickland. So... I'm really liking the way that this is playing out. I think that this has reignited Hangman Adam Page on the roster because things were kind of, like I said, for the elite, things were kind of just there. 
we finally got something going on where the Young Bucks' characters are looking like they're changing on the dynamite side of things. We're seeing Kenny Omega with Chris Jericho, like it or hate it, at least something is happening there. Of course, Kenny Omega is coming off of what he's been doing with Takeshita and Don Callis and all of that, but it still feels like we can get a lot more of the elite on the actual show, right? So with Hangman Page, this has completely reignited him. If you recall, when this whole thing first started, Swerve Strickland had this promo where he told Hangman Page that he wasn't the same guy anymore. He even pointed at Hangman Page gaining weight, like little things like that, that he mentioned that Hangman Page wasn't the same guy anymore, that he wasn't hungry anymore, that he wasn't as hungry as somebody like a Swerve Strickland. And now through this story, through what we've been seeing here, all of a sudden, we're getting this new version of Hangman Page where Hangman Page is coming out and he's freaking angry. He's pissed. He's going out there and cutting these sick promos where he's literally telling Swerve Strickland that he's practically going to kill him at full gear to say goodbye to his friends and his families and all of his memories because he is going to end him at full gear. And get this. He closed off the promo by telling Swerve Strickland that once he finishes him, that every single November, Hangman Page and his son are going to piss on the grave of Swerve Strickland. Dude, holy imagery. That was my favorite freaking promo from Hangman Page in a very, very long time. That was a really really good promo with a with a line that ended with damn you even threw your kid in there but it makes sense the little kid was freaking haunted by swerve strickland while he was sleeping in his bed in his home and swerve strickland went in there and said all the things that he said to him and even gave the little kid merchandise this little kid's got beef with Swerve Strickland too. So I love the way that they've been telling this story. And so it's fresh. It's fun. I'm looking forward to this Texas death match. And all that to say that I do think Swerve Strickland will be talent to watch uh, in 2024. Uh, other people that I hope we get to see a lot more of in 2024. Here's another one. Rush. I was just talking about him earlier having all of this freaking intensity. He's somebody that I think will definitely have a good year. Ricky Starks best be one of them because I don't want them to drop the ball on Ricky Starks. I don't want him to be another Wardlow. So Ricky Starks is another one to watch. I'm going to throw in Big Bill too because I think Big Bill is there's not really many people like Big Bill on the roster. So for that reason, I'm going to throw his name in there too. And then one more just to get your five. I'm thinking about who that should be. Uh, I'm going to throw in Jay White. I'm going to throw in JY. I know that he has this match. Oh, shit. You know what? I'm going to throw in Kanoshke Takeshita, too. I know Jay White already has this match with, with MJF coming up, but I'm still expecting him to have big moments in AEW, clearly. So I really hope to see Jay White become one of the top stars in AEW wrestling, and I hope that we see that come 2024. Kanoshke Takeshita, you had him beat Kenny Omega. You've got to keep riding that wave of momentum, too. So for that reason, I also throw in Kanoshke Takeshita's name on that um, question that you had there. All righty. Johnny sends in a super chat saying, better character, Roderick or Tony? Um, one, ooh, Tony Storm. Tony Storm. Roderick Strong, it, I remember, I hated it. You guys know, I hated it. I hated it. And he won me over. 
Tony Storm, I loved it from the beginning and she kept me interested. So I'm going to stick with Tony Storm on that answer. But thank you so much to Johnny for that. Richard Martinez says, do you think Brian ever wins the world title? Oh, man, <laughs> Richard. Oh, why'd you bring this up? Now I'm in the feels. I'm in the feels right now because if he were to win the world title, he's not going to be wrestling full time. So what do you do? And if you put the title on him, then you kind of risk him getting hurt. And then all of a sudden you're out of a champion and you're back to a situation where you got to figure out what you're going to do. We're going to be back to interim champions. Been there, done that. You don't want that. Also, I don't think Brian necessarily wants to win the AEW World Championship just based off like things that I've heard him say in press conferences. He seems more of the guy that just wants to go out there, wrestle, put over the young talent and have kick-ass matches for himself, right? So I don't know. I'm pretty sure Tony would love to have Brian Danielson as AEW World Champion, but it just seems like maybe just timing might be the thing going up against Brian on that one. So right now I'm going to say no. Um, I would love it, but I'm going to say no for right now. Johnny says Ric Flair should win the Continental Classic. Johnny, you want the internet to riot, man. Uh, you're a villain. You're a heel, Johnny. Thank you so much for the super chat, dude. Sheldon Jackson sends one in saying, are you ready for the AEW versus WWE battle coming up this Friday? AEW collision. AEW's number two show versus Friday Night SmackDown, WWE's number one show at the same time. Do AEW go all out the night before the pay-per-view? So it's weird, but right now I don't feel the same kind of hype that we felt heading into when we had the October 10th show between AEW Dynamite and NXT. And I think that one kind of felt a little bit different because for the longest time, AEW was beating NXT on the ratings and they had their whole, you know, Wednesday night war thing that was happening. So that one kind of felt a little bit different. I'm not feeling the same buzz right now because I just don't feel that you can compare SmackDown and Collision. I know there's been a lot of great moments in Collision, but you just can't compare it to SmackDown. SmackDown is doing its own thing right now. And it's on its own little, it's on its own little pedestal. And so I feel like it would be super unfair to put Collision and SmackDown in that light going up against each other. But dude, it is the show right before Full Gear. So I mean, if I was running things, I would definitely put in a lot of hot shit on there. I'm going to be at Collision since it's going to be here at, um, at the Kia Forum and it's 20 minutes away from my house. So I will definitely be at Collision and then I'll probably have to watch SmackDown afterwards. I don't know how I'm going to do it because I'm also going to the Mariah Carey concert that day. So I'm going to Collision. Then from Collision, I'm going to the Mariah Carey concert. And then from there, I'm coming home hopefully sleeping like four hours and then waking up early in the morning to do busted open. I have no idea how I'm going to do that. I'll figure it out. And somewhere in there, I have to watch SmackDown because I'm going to talk about that on busted open. So it's going to be a crazy <laughs> Friday for me. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there and hopefully it's a good show. Sheldon, thank you so much for the super chat as well. Delayed Grat says, do not sleep on AEW Rampage. It's been the best hour in pro wrestling for the past three to four weeks. It's a crime that more people aren't already watching because we were watching and then they lost us. So now you got to win me back. This is a relationship here, man. You got to give and take. I gave a lot to Rampage. 
I gave and I gave. I watched a bunch of shows. <laughs> now they kind of win my heart back. And I will say this though, you're not the first person to say that a lot of people have been recently putting over Rampage. So that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Furthausen says, looking forward to the tournament and more Dalton, please. Yeah, I always like seeing Dalton Castle. Uh, we saw him uh, here tonight as well um, in a match against Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne gets the win, and then afterwards he's celebrating with Christian Cage. And I find it funny that commentary is out there saying, oh, what proud son, what proud father. It's freaking hilarious, actually. Freaking hilarious. Uh, Jared Clark says, Gerard, god dang it, every time, Gerard, every time. Mm, it drives me nuts. Sorry, Gerard. You're just going to have to do this permanently now. You're always going to have to put your pronunciation at the end of every comment that you put i'm so sorry gerard says tk and bushida road uh bushy road should uh create more iwgp women's titles for stardom aw tna and cmll p.s my name is pronounced gerard again i'm telling you it just goes off my head you want to know why i think jared someone's name who's jared it's spelled similar to yours and i think that's why i keep calling you jared instead of gerard drives me nuts every time i mess up but I don't know in terms of creating more titles for uh, for stardom there. I have no idea. I wish I could give you a little bit more information on that. But I like where you're going here. And if anybody else agrees, let us know in the comments how you feel about possibly adding more to that. Uh, thank you so much to Gerard for sending that in. MBF says, if you had to be someone's gym training partner for a month, who would you choose from these? <laughs> Claudio, Buddy, Matthews, Miro, or MJF? I heard Claudio is like a freak. And I think I heard this from John Moxley on one of the scrums. He said that Claudio is like a freak when it comes to like working out and stuff. So probably not Claudio. I've seen Buddy Matthews and dude is freaking crazy fit. Miro seems like, I mean, he's freaking buff too, man. And so is MJF too, but I'd probably go with MJF. I don't know. That's the only one I can think of. I want to go with whoever I feel maybe just maybe wouldn't be too hard. I don't know. I wouldn't train with any of these people, though, because they all sound really hard. Uh, MVF, thank you so much for the very, very hard question. <laughs> all right. Um, let's go ahead and press on from here. And I think I'm cut up, cut up, caught up, excuse me, with all of the super chats here. So I'm gonna thank everybody who has sent these in. Seriously, I thank you guys all very much for that. And I need to get into a couple more items from the rest of Collision. There's not that much, to be honest, we kind of already covered everything. But just to kind of round things out, of course, we did have that main event with Sting, Adam Copeland, as well as Darby taking on the Righteous. It was a pretty fun little main event that we had there. Adam Copeland got the win for his team. And afterwards, we did see Christian Cage come out. As we know, that is going to be the match that we're seeing at full gear, that three-on-three -three match. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, we talked already about Andrade and Daniel Garcia, and that was a really good opener. We talked about Nick Wayne and Dalton Castle going at it together. Another really fun match. We saw Rush and Dralistico versus the Work Horsemen. I mentioned that Rush, dude's got his batteries on, man. He right now is really going out there and proving that you should be taking a look at him. We also had Roderick Strong versus Darius Martin. A fun little matchup there. It was funny because Roderick Strong goes out there in his wheelchair. 
He literally went out to go wrestle a match in a wheelchair. I'm not even lying to you guys. When I was sitting here watching Collision, I was literally laughing so freaking hard at this. I could not shake it out of my head that Roderick Strong wrestled a match but came out in his wheelchair and then afterwards got back in his wheelchair. It was very, very funny. Uh, last but not least, we had a quick squash match. Uh, Hobbs gets his victory. And then afterwards, he's like yelling at Paul White on commentary, telling them that's who he used to be. That's the kind of, used, the kind of guy he used to be. And then they both have like this moment. It was really funny because Hobbs, kind of throws a little piece of the commentary table to Paul White. But then when Paul stands up, he throws it back. And that piece lands on the face of Hobbs. And for a second, Hobbs has to like push it away. And so it was funny that he came at him all aggressive, all hard. But in one little simple move, Paul White ended up kind of winning that little moment there. We also got a promo from Don Callis where he's talking about how the Don Callis family is the greatest of the greats. They're even greater than the hearts. And he names all of these other families and pro wrestling. And that's pretty much what we get there for dynamites. We're going to be seeing Chris Jericho, Paul Wyatt and Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega take on Brian Cage and the Don Callis family, Kyle Fletcher, powerhouse Hobbs and Kenoshke Takeshita. So that was kind of just continuing the build for that match on dynamite, but that is it guys. That was a W collision that actually ended up giving us quite a bit of news. We got MBF here who sends in a super chat saying rotting fight. Roddy fighting through pain with neck strong hero. Hey man, he cares about neck health. We should all be caring about neck health. MVF, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate man, seriously. All right, everyone. That was AW Collision. Before I go, guys, every single show, I know I sound like a broken record, but seriously, if you enjoyed this podcast or any of my other podcasts, please head on over to Apple Podcasts. And if you can, leave a review. I'm at 85 reviews right now. I'm trying to get to 100. If you guys can please help me out, that would be tremendous. A lot of people were asking me how one actually leaves a review. It's best if you do it on Apple Podcasts, the app. If you have the Apple Podcasts app, Get that there, search for the show, and you just scroll all the way down and you can leave a review there. If you do leave one, I read them here on the shows and it's just really helps me out a whole lot. It helps me get my podcast to rank higher, find new audiences, grow the show, and hopefully get some more sponsors on the show. So if you guys can, thank you so very much. We got a super chat here from Tony Campbell who says, the devil is Britt Baker. I hope Mercedes Monet shows up. I want, I want Athena versus Chris Stantlander. That would be a nice hard-hitting match for sure. And I really hope that we do see Mercedes Monet come to AEW, hopefully in 2024. I don't know how much longer she's going to be out for in terms of her injury. Uh, there hasn't seemed to be any like news going around just yet that I've seen about that. So hopefully that is sooner rather than later. Because I do think if Mercedes Monet goes to AEW, I really think we're going to be seeing a change in the way that the AEW women's division is presented. And uh, that will only be freaking great to see. So I do hope we do see Mercedes go to AEW. And you are... Um, not the only one here kind of pitching Britt Baker as the devil. We've been seeing quite a few people on here pitching for Britt Baker as the devil.
All right. Thank you so much to Tony Campbell for that. I appreciate that. All right, everyone. That is it for me here today. If you are a member of the DWO, before I go, a uh, friendly reminder that tomorrow I will be doing a virtual little meet and greet type of thing, uh, podcast exclusive just for DWO members. That's going to be happening tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you guys want to hop in for that, it'll be a good time. I hope to see you there. And if not, I will catch you here next week for a full slate of shows heading into AEW full gear. Thank you, everybody. And I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. Bye, everyone.